Welcome to the Chiefs of the North, hosted by Branton Walker. I'm originally from Kansas, currently living in Minnesota, and I'm a diehard Chiefs fan, and that is where Chiefs of the North comes in. On this podcast, we'll talk all sports, mainly NFL, and of course, the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, so here I am with Adam Beanleague and Jordan Walker. Now, Adam is a big Vikings fan, and you're from here, correct? That's right. And Jordan, you are a big Broncos fan, and I still don't know why because you're from Kansas as well. So, yeah, that's fair. That's a mystery. The the uh, the true mystery, well, uh, this might make it more mysterious, but is because mom loved John Elway. And that's it. Mm. She really so did. Mama's boy, <laughs> me. Brandon was already, you were already a Chiefs fan when oh, she started yeah. like the Broncos. Oh, so yeah. you didn't switch. But me being a mama's boy, I said, oh, yeah, I want to Broncos. I yeah. hated, I repeat, I hated Elway when I was younger. Yeah. yeah. But I, oh, as I got older, and I, hated, definitely, I definitely learned to respect him. Hated wasn't even a strong, too strong of a word because you were so annoyed with Elway. I was so annoyed. He, I mean, he was the antithesis of the Chiefs for. It was so annoying. But I learned as time. I got older to respect him and appreciate him. We got to start this off by, there was a game last night, I don't know if you guys are aware of that, but the Chiefs and Ravens is much anticipated game, which was kind of a one-sided affair. I don't know if, if you guys watched and know what happened last night, but you guys... I, yeah, yeah, checked it out. We uh, we got together, quite a couple of a couple of guys, and we just watched, and as the resident Broncos fan here... Hold on, real quick, real quick, yeah. you're a Broncos fan, can you tell me... Who won last night's game? <laughs> the Chiefs did, yeah. And how did they look? I want to ask you how they looked. This is I want Broncos Nation to hear this. It, it was a real nail biter. <laughs> yeah. No, we uh it was so funny because we're running around getting food and then we're like driving by a uh, grocery store and and someone says, like, should we get anything else? And I immediately like, let's go get more. And and everyone was like, Jordan, why are you so jazzed? And I was like, This is a game the Chiefs can lose. Like their first two games, I don't remember who they play the first two games. I can't think Texans of Texans and the Chargers. Texans and Chargers and Chargers play them tough for sure, but but especially Texans, I was like, I'll watch, but man, they're going to beat them. There's no way around yeah, it. Yeah, as a Broncos Chargers, fan, you won in this division yeah. loss. So so this was like, oh man, they, they could lose this game. But honestly, I should have reminded myself that the Chiefs have have the Ravens number. And three of, is this right? I, I saw a stat, three of four losses that he uh, Lamar Jackson has had. Let me fact check that. Yes, that would be correct. <laughs> is, oh, that would wait, be correct. So he's only lost one game so to one other team. He's 21, he's 21 and 1, and one yeah. against everybody else. He's 0 and 3 against Kansas City. I see. Okay. Here's, I'm putting you guys on the spot here. Do you know the team? It's going gonna, it's gonna to surprise you. Who is the team that beat Baltimore? It's an AFC team, I'll give you that. Who's mm. the other team that's beat Lamar Jackson in Baltimore? Is it mm. divisional? It is divisional, yeah. Mm. So th- that's that was going to be my guess. I probably that shouldn't have given you that. Mu- that was yeah, too much a of a clue. But <laughs> well, then it would have been it would have been Cincinnati. No. Oh, okay. Because that would have been that's the most embarrassing thing I could think of. It's surprising, and it's a division opponent. Cleveland Browns. Yes. I figure you're asking the Cleveland, question because it must have been a, a I be- not Cleveland so good went into Baltimore last year and smacked them. So funny. Smacked them. I think the score was like forty to twenty-five. But anyway, he's twenty-one and one against the rest of the league. 0-3 against Kansas City, and last night Jackson actually referred to the Chiefs as his kryptonite. Yeah, sure. Yeah, he, prior to the game, after the game, after the game. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we right before the game started, we talked about well, how he I had mean, no chance. Hey, they yeah. held him to under. He had 97 passing yards. Yeah, the defense. The defense was a story. I mean, I mean, Mahomes does his thing. The offense was explosive. 
and, and it was crazy how the Chiefs scored, uh, you know, their, their normal Chiefs thing, right? They went deep to Hill, touchdown. They went deep to Hardman, touchdown. But then they, they did a kind of a shovel pass to the fullback, which was cool, and then he throws the, the other touchdown to the tackle. Fisher, Fisher the lineman, yeah. Is, is like, well, how do you defend against this team? I mean, you're always thinking about the deep bombs, but it really seems like it was the defense, I think, that, that, that won the game for him, uh, particularly that last play of the second half, or not last play, but uh, Jackson was marching the ball downfield. It looked like their chance to kind of get back into the game, and then uh, that defensive end stripped the ball, strip sack got the ball back and I feel like that was kind of a turning point of the game. I was surprised this was, you know, listen, you can lose any game, right? It's that saying that it's any given Sunday, it's true. Mm-hmm. It was Monday last night, but um, Baltimore was a team before the season started that I had as potentially a loss on the Chiefs schedule, right? And there aren't many of them that I have, but at the same time, you never know. Injuries and things can happen. I was surprised by how dominant the performance was. I mean, the Chiefs, you know, it got 27-20 late in the game, but Never felt like the Chiefs were going to blow that lead. I was just surprised with how how easy they made it look at times. I mean, offensively, because Baltimore has good defense, they really made Jackson struggle throwing the ball. So I was just really surprised with the ease the Chiefs won, to be honest with you. Yeah. 27-20. Here's, here's a question. 27-20. Remind me, when it was 27-20, who had the ball? Uh, they, had to, they had to kick it off to Kansas City. So, so that is kind of case in point why it never felt like it felt like, well, they're in the game, but it doesn't feel like... It wasn't 27-20, and they had the ball to tie. Yeah, yeah. There was no point where they were in I think possession the Chiefs of the ball there, to I, score. I do remember it was 27-20. I think there was like a third and five on that possession. I'm like, man, the Chiefs don't get this first down. Baltimore has all the momentum, and you yep. give them the ball back. Yep. They got the first down, got closer, and then they, they, they scored, and going. that was pretty much it. But again, I yep. huge win because playoff-wise, if they are to meet up again in the playoffs, home field, or just a home game in general... Baltimore now has to finish a game ahead of Kansas City. So the Chiefs are essentially two games up on Baltimore, which is massive because home and away makes a huge difference. And again, I've said this a few times, once the playoffs roll around, I do believe there will be more fans implemented into stadiums. And so I think it'll have a uh, bigger mm-hmm. factor for the home team. Mm, yeah. Well, how yeah. much of a factor do you think that was last night? I mean, it's, it's tough to gauge... Right, that the the energy and the feel of, of the game, but when you have fans there and they're all yelling at you, it feels like it would be a, so a factor. I definitely think it would have been tougher, louder, more raucous. It just the way the game looked. I just still think the Chiefs would have won. Now maybe it would oh, be yeah. closer. The crowd would have probably you know impacted some audibles and and some of the things the Chiefs did offensively. But they just they were on last night, right? Mm-hmm. Like they didn't look very good against the Chargers, but the Chargers play the Chiefs really well. They kind of had it going last night. They really did. And, and again, they're 3-0 against Baltimore the last three years. I just for, They just match up really, really well with the Ravens. Yeah, no, I think that's. I think there's something to be said about how the Chiefs looked on, and crowd noise would maybe just make some of that more difficult, but it's not going to make them fall apart. What was interesting to me was how the Ravens actually looked like they didn't have it together at all. And, even, and some of it, of course, you have to go to the Chiefs for what they did, of course. But some of it, it's like, well, what happened there? Nothing to do with the Chiefs. Specifically, I'm thinking of one of the most egregious was the snap that was supposed to be a shotgun, or he was in shotgun, so the long the snapper was supposed to snap and it. He just, he yeah, just tucked it against his butt and let the ball <laughs> fall on the ground. Yeah, which I've I've literally actually never seen that in a game. Yeah. I've never seen that happen. So how do you? Because how do you? Just thinking this through, how as a center would you not know your quarterback was not right there? Like, so that was one of the more bizarre things I'd ever seen. But even the commentators had shared, they were talking about some of the things not working, but they did also say, well, at some point, we also have to then give credit to the Chiefs. Specifically, they figured out a way to contain 
they've figured out a way to contain Lamar Jackson, and and you saw it really well on the last two dra- or on the last two plays where Lamar Jackson had nowhere to go, and so they have figured something out which apparently the Ravens haven't been able to counter because that seems like case in point for what's going on. Yeah, I agree with you, Jordan, and it seems like. The, uh, there's been an ongoing narrative about Lamar Jackson's ability to throw the ball, right? And that, that seemed pretty clear last night that the Chiefs had that dialed in. I think they held him to under 100 yards. He had overthrown some balls to uh, number 15 Brown and missed some passes across the middle that were, you know, yeah. Sh- most NFL quarterbacks would hit those. So mm-hmm. so he did have read off a couple of big runs, but ended around 85 yards, I think it was, on the ground. So it seems like the Chiefs had his number. Mm-hmm. Well, they've done now. Here's the deal. And I know fantasy, it's a whole other thing because... I don't, I, a lot of guys, a lot of fantasy guys. I mean, I do fantasy. I know you do, Beatley. Mm-hmm. I don't this year. I have every year prior. And and I think I think there's a lot of fantasy people that don't necessarily watch the games. They just you know follow their guys. And yep. Jackson is really good. Baltimore. It's interesting because I've said this before, but they were on a 14 game regular season winning streak until yesterday. So they had been mm-hmm. dominating teams. Yeah. But Jackson, he's almost better in fantasy than he is. Yeah, for sure. You know. He's really good, but the Chiefs the last couple of years have gotten them down. It was 30-13 to 13 in the fourth quarter last year, and they had them down big yesterday. And the Ravens, that's not their style. They're not a come from behind, get no. down 10, get down 14 points. That's not right. Jackson style. That's not the Ravens style. So, But teams just have a really hard time jumping out on the Ravens. They yeah. usually control the game, but the Chiefs, because of Mahomes, the op- weapons they have on offense, they find ways to get up on them, and it totally changes the Ravens' game plan. That's right. And that was my hope last night was, can the Chiefs get a big lead? and make Baltimore play from behind, which look what happened to them in the divisional round. They had won 12 in a row, Tennessee jumps out on them, and they never recovered. That's yeah. what you have to do against Baltimore, yeah. but yeah. it's usually easier said than done. Yeah, and, and other teams struggle to do that, exactly like you're saying. And I would go a step further, and I, I wouldn't say Mahomes and the Chiefs. I would say Andy Reid is able to scheme something mm-hmm. that then he has all the tools that is disposable to execute. So it's just like, it's like a, I mean, there's so many analogies I could use, but I, I think of like, like a war general having all these weapons at his disposal. Basically, Andy Reid can kind of draw up these crazy mm-hmm. plays, and he knows that Mahomes can handle it, and he knows that I have Watkins, Hill, Kelsey, and then after that, Hardman, and you know, and I still have Sherman apparently. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, like so. And and it, what happens is Sherman is made much better. He you couldn't pull that off if you didn't have enough weapons. It was an underhand. Like yeah. backyard football pass. You, so can't, cool. you can't pull that off if you have just Hill, right? Because then they're like, well, we'll double Hill, but right. then we can cover everyone up. Right. But like everyone's... And I wonder, know. I feel like, and I said it in last week's podcast, I feel like I never want the Chiefs to lose, but I want there to be some adversity. I want you to have to grind it out, win some close games. Last week, they were on the ropes against the Chargers. Didn't look very good. They looked like a completely different team against a much better team. So it's, in a way, part of me is like, that's what I'm talking about. I think that was good for them last week to kind of struggle a bit and almost get beat because look how they came. And I mean, they just came out last night ready to go and kind of controlled the game from start to finish. Yep. Yep. You know, you take away that Ravens kickoff return and the defense actually played really well last night. Yep, so they did. Nice and, and, and CEH again, right? The rookie running back uh, that kid can catch the ball. He can run the ball and he's, he's got an engine. He just keeps going. So what a nice, what a nice uh, compliment to the rest of the offense. Yeah. You do see quite a bit of a different. I mean, I think people that don't watch week to week go, oh man, Mahomes, slow start. And I think this is both good and bad, I would say. From a Chiefs perspective, a fan perspective, you're like, Mahomes 
is God's gift to football in some way. You know, I'm, I'm being obviously exaggerating a little bit. No, a little bit. No, no. <laughs> yeah, no, okay, that's, I guess I'm not. Yeah, true I'm statement. Not. Wait yeah. a second, fact check. That's accurate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, what I would say is, uh, like, he was asked to do those things, and he rose to the occasion. And there's a lot of quarterbacks that never have to carry in that way. And now you're even seeing Mahomes in that position where he doesn't have to carry in the same way which is more right. normal and and then why is russell wilson why are his stats going crazy right now because he does have to carry because they're I, I what is the specific thing going on with the running game but i know they're not they don't have a good running game right now they're so. doing it less i think carson's injured and they're running less yeah. I, the, the big narrative in the offseason was to let russ cook let him get out there and fling yeah. the ball around the yard and, and a lot of that came from him he yeah. wanted he wants to go oh, be sure. one of the top tier guys and, and they're definitely doing that this year yeah and he can do it so and that's the thing quarterbacks aren't always put in that position where they have to do it mahomes was this year we're seeing Wilson, obviously a lot of other players, but the dynamic of the Chiefs team right now, I know it's only three games in, it looks quite a bit different than last year's dynamic, and obviously that'll that'll change game to game, but it looks a little different. It looks a little more balanced, even on both sides of the ball, specifically their willingness to run more, but also balanced between offensive de- and defense. They actually, it's, to, to what you're saying there, the... You know, it seems like Mahomes used to just throw the ball deep all day long, chuck it deep, chuck it deep. Yeah. Uh, I heard a stat that this year he is second in terms of the shortest amount of air yards per pass. Yeah. So Drew Brees is number one at 4.5 or something like that. And uh, Mahomes is, is second for the That's least, least, least distance. I didn't even yeah. know that. Mm-hmm. Isn't that wild? That's crazy. Yeah, a lot of dink and dunk this well, year. Well, yeah. I, I, I've said this before. Mahomes rookie year, Beeling, like you said, they were having to outscore teams because their defense yeah. couldn't stop anybody. Yep. And it, it almost worked out for him, lost in the conference championship. Last year, he gets hurt, comes back. The defense started gelling. So Late in the season, yeah, they got better. Yeah, yeah. Big, at Starting the start of the like season, week nine, week 10, yeah, it really yeah. was. So they've won 12 in a row now, and dating back to last season. But Mahomes is asked to do less. Now, he'll yeah. do it when he has to, but it's more, like you said, Jordan, it's, it's a much more balanced because the defense, it's funny. You have Mahomes, you have Hill, you have Watkins, you have Kelsey, you have Clyde, you have all these weapons on offense. The defense kind of gets overlooked. They're not oh, yeah. bad. Oh, no. And, but the thing is, they don't have to be great with this offense, but they're becoming more of a balanced team, which is great because it just makes them more well-rounded. You know the what I mean? Pressure off the offense. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I could talk about this all day long, and I pretty much have been, but let's, let's talk about the Vikings and, and Broncos. Unfortunately... Both 0-3, and, and I'd like to hear you know your guys' perspectives on your team status right now. Yeah, it's probably really easy to have uh, opposing uh, division rivals when they're Here, actually, I'm gonna it's go easy get, to I'm talk gonna, to I'm me gonna right I'm going to go get some lunch and let you two. I don't know <laughs> yeah. what it's like to have an 0-3 team, yeah. so I'm going to leave for a while. You guys talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I'll come back later. We're, uh, we're start for Broncos since, man, I guess, geez, all the way back to last year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 0-3 last year, too. Uh, yeah, and, and it is unfortunate. For Broncos fans, it's good for obviously Chiefs fans, but the surprise is that to me is that uh, I think the Chargers and the Raiders are both better than either of us expected. So kind of a trade off there because the Broncos aren't as good as as we expected, but the Chargers and Raiders are both seem like legit. Yeah, Ra- they, Raider, they both Raiders seem, really surprised. Yeah, me. they both seem even though the the Chargers lost on Sunday surprisingly yep. at home, they both seem better than I think they were expecting. Yes, to be. exactly. So let me share with you just some sad, you know. Boo-hoo us 0-3 teams. Here, here's something that at least I take solace in. Do you want to take a wild guess? Okay, there's $214 million salary cap. First off, by far, Denver has the most percentage of their team on the injured reserve that is tying up the biggest amount of salary cap. Does it make mm. sense? So yep. biggest amount of salary cap tied up in the injured reserve. Do you want to take a wild guess of the $214 million 
how much of that 214 is tied up in injured reserve right now? I'm going to go 100, about half. Oh, boy. That's too much. That's too much. That's yeah. way too much. That would be crazy. Well, I'm by to think comparison, think about uh, the Chiefs right now on their injured reserve is, is less than $10 million. Like, I don't think they have... Yeah. What's the so, most significant so, injury for the Chiefs right now? So... So, Beatling, I would say you said 100 million. Yeah, that okay. yeah, that's so, pretty neat. So, you, so, 45 million. 45 million was exact. Almost they had 46.8. You're kidding me. Last <laughs> week, though, it went up because Jarrell Casey is now out. So now they are at. Double check my numbers here. They are at 58 million, just under 58. Tied up million. on the injured reserve right now. Tied up on the injured reserve right now. Now some of that will come back. But the vast majority of it is actually gone for the season, which is far and away. Broncos were already number one last week by by several million. Now they're up by 20 plus million. So sure. not the way, I mean, Brenton and I have talked about, it's not the way you want to start a season. That's not what you want to see. If nothing else, even if it didn't affect the Chiefs in any way, you don't want to, as a fan, see what we would say were the three. We talked about if Miller... Sutton and Locke, if you had said those players are going to be injured by week two and two of them out for the season, you'd say, well, that's about a, just about a worst case scenario. And mm-hmm. that's basically we what are. we're looking at. And here we are. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. So well, I'm there, done with my well, pity party. Hold on. Here's the, no, here's the thing though. Yeah. There is room. There is room for Broncos to kind of, you know, get in with the Chiefs now and, you know, enjoy. I mean, if Bronco fans want to switch over and be a Chiefs uh, fan, yeah. that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Listen, that's okay. Cause I'm sure there's some Bronco fans right now. That are like, this sucks. I don't want to watch any more football. There's a team in our division yeah. that I can maybe get on board with. So it's okay. If you want to announce it right here live on the podcast that you are kind of a Chiefs fan, let's hear it. No, no. You know what's funny? <laughs> Last night someone asked, so is are the Chiefs like your second favorite team? I was like, I don't think you know how football works. <laughs> right, right. can't be in the same <laughs> yeah, division. No, no. Can't no, be my second no. favorite team. No. I, I, do, I do have a benevolence that kicks in when the Broncos aren't in the playoffs. It's easy to watch and cheer on Mahomes. A little more. It's still, I'm not as diehard. Like, I get, there's other teams I really enjoy. Like, I do get excited watching Packers and Vikings, depending on who's, just because that's who people are cheering for here. But it it is, when the Broncos are in it, it's, it's you know, the joke with, uh, I hear Vikings fans always say, my favorite team is the Vikings, and my least favorite, or my second favorite team is whoever. Whoever plays against the Packers. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, yep. So Owen three for Vikings. What's yeah? What's the down in the dumps story about this? What, what well, can you share? I mean, we, we've we've got our share of injuries too, right? Daniel Hunter missing, I think, is important because we haven't gotten any pressure on the quarterbacks on the other side of the ball. You know, our offensive line's not blocking. So we've we've had some injuries, but there's no real excuse. I, I think for me, it really boils down to the quarterback, yeah. uh, Kirk Cousins, and, and I know this is. Uh, spoke to this last week on the podcast too, but he doesn't have that fire. He doesn't have the leadership. He doesn't have the moxie. Yeah. What, whatever it is, it seems to be lacking. And, yeah. and for me as a fan, when we signed him a couple years ago, it was real exciting. That was about the only time I had like a, a week of excitement about Cousins and then you see him on the field and you hear all the stats about how poorly he does in big games. And yeah. it doesn't take very long to, to feel deflated. And and I think this this last week's game was just a, a summary of, of his career or, or of how we as fans see him or feel him because you know, he had opportunities. There were opportunities to come back a minute and a half left, marches down. And instead he's uncomfortable in the pocket, dropping the ball and, and yeah. throwing, you know, aired passes. So yeah, from my perspective, it might be too early to, to jump off for the season, but yeah. I definitely feel like next year, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and, and I, I know there's a lot of talk about tanking, tanking for Trevor Lawrence yeah. or, or tanking just to get a high draft pick. I've never been more on board with, with uh, looking forward to getting a new quarterback. 
I uh, I feel similar about the tanking situation. And actually, what's really interesting between our two teams, the similarities, offensive line play, specifically Jawan, because this doesn't even count on the salary cap. Jawan James opted out, and he was their best lineman. And he was the right tackle, and he opted out, which created... No, sorry, he was the left tackle, sorry. And then what happened then is you have your starting right tackle move to left tackle, and then you have to put... Yeah, the, your weakest link you, you've on kind right of been tackle. Ding twice. Now your right tackle's not a starting yeah. guy, and your left <laughs> yeah. tackle's used to playing the other side. Yeah, exactly. So, and then same thing. Miller being out, the pass rush. So it's it's interesting that you said, well, we're not getting pressure, and uh, our offensive line is struggling, and and those are two big things that are happening with the Broncos right now as well. So there is something to be said about yes, it's great when you have all these weapons and you know this, that, and the other, but sometimes to be even competitive oh, and we'll talk more about franchise quarterbacks to really win and to be hugely successful and make deep playoff runs you need a franchise quarterback but to be even somewhat good you at least need your line and a little pressure like Absolutely. you need there's a few things you gotta, like you gotta that hang that on the trenches well yeah. i'm curious what is your thought on on lock as a as a broncos fan is he a franchise quarterback so it's actually even changed and some people would say well he got injured you can't you can't change your opinion i still think he makes throws and he does stuff that we have not seen any quarterback do for the Broncos since Manning, right? And obviously Manning and then to the drop-off after that is pretty big, of course. So part of me says I've seen such poor quarterback play that maybe I'm just being overly impressed. Sure. But then I see people break down the film and they go, like people who have no skin in the game, and they go, that's a big-time throw. Like, or this is something he did really well. So that that intrigues me for sure. So there's, there's some of that. Now on the negative, the... There, you need to see more. That's an obvious one. But additionally, staying healthy is a huge part of this. Mm-hmm. And now we've seen him get injured twice trying to scramble out and make a play. And that's, unfortunately, the coaches don't want Mahomes scrambling and doing crazy stuff. But they also know you can't stop that. You know, And there's some within reason. But really, the, the, the plays aren't drawn up. They don't draw up the play. Okay, and then when it breaks down, we want you to... That's No, it's all improv at the, the point. Ideally, Andy Reid, every play he would scheme up would work with Mahomes not having to make a crazy play, right? right. That's an ideal scenario. Absolutely. So if Locke, in this league where you have to make plays happen, has now got injured twice trying to make something happen, yep. that just makes you go, nothing to do with his ability. It just makes you go, oh, could he be... Is he injury prone? Is there something here? Is... You know, so that, right. so it literally has eroded a little bit of my faith in sure. him. Well, Not, that, it's no fault of his own. And his, but his athleticism is one thing that that for me, one of the chief concerns about Cousins is his lack of mobility and his yeah. pocket presence. So when he when the when the pocket collapses, he yeah. just lays down and yep. he, or gets pushed over. He doesn't, you know. I mean, yeah. sometimes he'll extend a play, but but, yeah. but where Locke and, and Mahomes certainly and some of the other guys have the ability to extend plays, yeah, it's really lacking in Minnesota. So it's kind of a double edged sword almost, right? Because. The yeah. outside looking in, you're like, well, at least Locke can move and get away and make plays on his feet here and there. But for me, I'm uh, you know, Broncos fan. They're thinking, well, that's how he's got injured. So that's interesting to hear that perspective because, yep. yeah, you're right. You don't want to see. I mean, uh, John, I know he was on last week. We talked about, I believe it was week one where pre-snap recognition for him is just a joke sometimes. Sure. And he clearly saw a cornerback threatening to blitz. And even if he's going to back off, you still should be prepared <laughs> that he might. Like, let's let's even say, like, 50-50 chance he blitzes. Mm-hmm. And he didn't and just got... Wasn't that the safety? I believe that was the safety. Sure. Right? Yep. He just got... He, the un, Unencumbered just tackled him and got yep. a safety. So yep. that's, that's a challenge as well. Not only not mobile, but if you're going to struggle with pre 
snap reads, well, you're gonna have you're gonna have a lot of issues because that's one of the number one issues quarterbacks have. And not to get too much in the Broncos, that's why Branton was very positive. I appreciate Big Brother being like, you know what, they could win this one against Buccaneers. But I don't know if you noticed, I couldn't even get on board with it before the game. No. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I watched I, Driscoll I, play. I, don't I, think I so. thought, I thought, you know, they they could have beat Tennessee, hung with Pittsburgh, all injuries. Yeah. Aside and everything yeah. considered, I was like, you know what? Tampa Bay is still trying to figure it yep. out. Brady hasn't looked too good yet. Yeah. Altitude could factor in. Totally. They could. Denver, you know, 0-3 and 1-2. and 1-2, and and you have a sense of optimism coming into this week because you play the Jets, who might be the worst team in football. Yeah. So I was thinking, hey, if the Broncos win on Sunday, they could be 2-2 two and two come yeah. Friday. Totally. Right? And then you're back in the playoff race. Totally. And then... Yeah, I saw the score and and some of the. Did you stats. watch any? No, it wasn't on. I mean, um, Driscoll. Here. Driscoll's hard to watch. And and what's weird about? I mean, every quarterback has their pros and cons, but he can throw from the packet pocket some fantastic throws. But then he does stuff that you're like, what were you thinking there? Like that so, doesn't make sense. That's the one thing you shouldn't have done there, and you just did it. Now, now the Vikings and I. I had them winning the division before the season yeah. started, and so I was I was wrong on that because it's only three weeks in and there's 13 games to go. Now you're starting to get a feel for what teams are good, what teams aren't. You know, there's injuries and you know things will shift here and there, but you're you're just starting to get a sense, right? You're starting yeah. to get a little bit of a feel. Now the Vikings, I was wrong on, and I was completely wrong on the Packers as well. I I didn't realize the Packers were going to be as good as they are now. I didn't realize how much. Rodgers would play like he was back in his prime, so it's vintage yeah. Rodgers. What as a Vikings and Broncos fan, so 0-3 is a bummer, right? That stinks. There is that extra playoff spot in each conference. There's 13 games left. You know, Denver's tougher because you have all these injuries. Vikings have some as well. But I think, and I'm being honest when I say this, even if this wasn't the Chiefs' position, I would say this. As a Broncos fan, you're 0-3, but you have Kansas City, one of the best teams in the league. As a Vikings fan, you're 0-3. But you have the Packers, one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. So it's almost like, yeah, we're on three, but we got two of the best quarterbacks, two of the best teams, just in our own division alone, which gives a little less sense of optimism. Listen, if the Vikings mm-hmm. take the Packers at it for a second, yeah. as a Vikings fan, you're on three. The Bears are three and zero. Do you think maybe you could overtake the Bears in thirteen weeks? Absolutely. That, that's what I mean. That's my point. Mm-hmm. Totally. And we talked about this a bunch in the offseason, how Broncos' schedule compared to the Chiefs' schedule. Chiefs technically have the tougher schedule, right? Because they won the division and they they have, play the division winners. But when you break down the odd, the the what's that called? Vegas does the pro- projected number of wins over unders. When you when you run that through, the reason the Broncos end up actually having a slightly harder schedule is because the Broncos have to play the Chiefs twice, <laughs> right? Yeah, and yeah. the Chiefs don't have to play the Chiefs twice. They have to play. At this point, the lowly Broncos twice. So that makes their schedule, it swings in their favor. Of actually, they end up having no fault of their own, but they have an easy schedule by the nature of being the better team in the division. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's early, but you, you're getting a sense of what's going on, and I think you're 100% right when you are 0-3 and you're also looking at not a muddled division, a very clear, and even, even Chargers and Raiders are tougher than we thought, but especially when you look at the top and go, well, geez, like our best shot was maybe a wild card. And I was hoping, I even said, I hope that the Broncos can win one against the Chiefs this year. Mm-hmm. At this point, even getting locked back, depending on this, he's had less time in in the other injuries. It's just like, I, I, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think they're going to get one. I'm, of course, going to root for two wins. But realistically, would I put money down on them winning one? I'm not going to put money down. Right. I'm not going to put money on that. No. I feel the same way about the Vikings. It, it, you know, like you're saying, the evolution. You're starting to see now what teams are made of, and looking forward to the Vikings schedule, the, the Seahawks, and you yeah. know, obviously Green Bay again. Chicago is looking better than anticipated. It, it's not it, very little optimism in my corner. Yeah. Well, it's funny living in Minnesota. So I 
have had a, a good amount of Packer fans reach out to me saying, kind of rubbing it in that I kind of whiffed on that one a little bit. <laughs> and I've now had Vikings fans, because we live in Minnesota, in a mixture of Packers and Viking fans. I've had some Viking fans reach out saying, wow, that was very kind of you. You were very optimistic on the Vikings. So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a good three weeks in to get a, a, a balance of both sides of the perspective on you know being wrong on, on both sides perhaps of Perhaps your projections were jaded by all the all the Viking love that you're surrounded by in your community. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, Inevitably, I, it influences. I didn't factor that in. I just, I, I, was, I, <laughs> I was wrong. Three weeks in, I was probably the most wrong on Minnesota and Green Bay, for sure. Yeah, and, and it, again, it's still early, so that could change a little bit, but it, it just doesn't seem like it's going to dramatically change, but it could. That is actually interesting. I can't remember. One of you presented the question about the seven undefeated teams. Was that your? Yeah, yeah. So so there, I believe there are currently seven 3-0 teams right now. So yeah, Bills, Bears, Packers, Chiefs, Steelers, Seahawks, and Titans. So I guess my question would be, of the seven 3-0 teams, who do you think will be the lone unbeaten when it's all said and done? So my brain goes to looking at their schedules to figure that out. But I'm not going to do that because that's a more complicated way. Just based on who's the best, it seems like, oh boy, it seems like for the NFC, it seems like the Seahawks are going to have the hardest time. You're going to have the hardest time beating the Seahawks. Now, they, I don't know who they play next week. They could play someone next week that makes me, they could lose. But just based on who's the best team of those. And then I would say... Right now, looking at the AFC, the Chiefs look like, obviously, they had a tight game against San Diego, but that's a division game, so you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt. And yes, they also are the kryptonite to Lamar Jackson, but overall, they are winning, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems that they're winning more decisively than maybe Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Buffalo. Mm -hmm. I don't know for sure. Tennessee barely beat Denver, Hmm? uh, beat Jacksonville by three points on a last minute or field goal, and almost lost to Minnesota. So they're 3-0, but this isn't yep. what Tennessee does. This yep. is kind of how they play, That's though. This their is style. their yeah, absolutely. Right. But they, they're 3-0, but they're, I think they're one of, the, you know, one of the most least impressive 3-0 teams. The Bears sure. have had at least two nice comeback wins, trailing big in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You know? yep. now, I definitely agree with Jordan that the Seahawks in the NFC, that's the only, I mean... I think the Saints are pretty good. They're not 3-0, so that's not applicable to the question, I guess. Yeah. But the, yeah. the Saints are the only other team other than the Seahawks that I think that has a viable chance at winning the Super Bowl. I'm not a big yeah. Packer fan, of course, so maybe I'm I'm leaving them out. But mm-hmm. I feel like the AFC yeah. is where the big teams are at, and, and the Chiefs, for me, uh, certainly are the number one team as far as likely to not lose a game or, or proceed you know, and, and win, win the Super Bowl. But the two teams, that Steelers and Bills, both of those teams play really strong defense. Yeah. If Josh Allen, I mean, he's, he's looking already uh, like an improved quarterback. He's certainly yeah. going to throw the ball better. Adding Diggs certainly added to that. And, yeah. and their defense is pretty dominant. And when I'm watching Pittsburgh, they really, really move the offensive line. Every time I watch they them, <laughs> they're just getting penetration like yeah. big time. I think I saw Crazy. a stat yesterday or, or heard a stat on a, a fantasy football podcast, something about having, I think, three or four of their defensive linemen are like in the top 15 for most pressures on quarterbacks from the Steelers. Wow. So, so they're, they're, I mean... Defense is loaded. Yeah, defense yeah, is loaded. They, so. they just play sound football on that side of the ball. Mm-hmm. So, so okay, real quick. So so you're both saying Seattle, you think, will be the last undefeated team? Yeah, for, for NFC. NFC. So question, does this factor in at all? So Green Bay, you know, has already played Minnesota, has already beaten Detroit, mm-hmm. Chicago, that's their division, where Seattle has an improved Arizona San Francisco. Oh, man. You know what I mean? So do you factor in division at all? 
Yeah, I mean, that does make a difference. four games against Arizona and San Francisco or four games against Chicago, Minnesota, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, but. that's that's true. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of falling off the San Francisco bandwagon preseason. I thought that they'd be good again, but they, they also are beat up with, with a lot of injuries yeah. uh, really on the are. defensive side of the ball. And I was never that big of a fan of Garoppolo to begin with, and now hey, he's down. I don't remember how long he's out for, but so San Francisco's out for me as well, far as... Well, that's a good point. No, it's interesting because they who do they they beat the Giants this week and who did they beat last week? Was it was it the Jets they beat last week? Mm, I don't recall. I can, pull, I can pull it up real quick. Yeah. So so my point is they've beaten two of the worst teams in the league so far. Jets and Giants. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those are two of the worst teams in football. You could argue those are the two worst teams in football. The thank, Jets and Giants. Thank mm-hmm. you. We thank you for that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm only if. Anybody listening, if they weren't here, I would say the Broncos and Vikings. <laughs> yeah, right right here. Here. I don't want to yeah. step on them anymore. <laughs> yeah. you know, don't kick them while they're down. Uh-huh. I will agree with you, though, Beatling. Buffalo and Pittsburgh, again, Tennessee's 3-0, all right? And I think they're a solid football team. But Buffalo and Pittsburgh, to me, are two sleepers in the AFC. Hmm. They both play really good defense. You know, Big Ben is showing he still has it. Buffalo, Allen killed you with his legs, and you weren't really worried about his arm. Now he's chucking that thing around. Mm-hmm. So... Buffalo and Pittsburgh are, are two sleepers in the AFC, and actually Kansas City goes to Buffalo in about three weeks. Oh, no, actually, oh, it's a it's a short. So they play New England at home, play the Raiders at home, and then they go to Buffalo on a Thursday night. So a short Ooh, week. Yeah. So nice. that'll be interesting. That'll be really telling, you know, for Buffalo to see where they really stack up. But that's tough. A short week and a road game. Yeah, that's interesting. I, if you recall, I remember early we did our predictions. I was very keen on Pittsburgh this year and also Buffalo, but specifically Pittsburgh because just the factor of getting Roethlisberger back. And Branton had talked about how much you think about how good they did in spite of not having Roethlisberger, and they actually did pretty well without him. So obviously bringing him back and his ability to throw very well, obviously that just... Well, I think we both had Buffalo in the division, Yep, and I think we both had Pittsburgh making the playoffs but finishing behind Baltimore... And they're looking better than I even thought both of them yeah. were going to be, and I still had them in the playoffs prior to the season. And we're probably we're probably down on Baltimore, especially after watching last night, right? Because the truth is they'll probably bounce back and be really good the it, next few yeah, weeks. Likely eleven, twelve win team. I think. Yeah, yeah. They're so, really good, but yeah. but I, I still at this point, you know, I have to follow the rankings. I feel like the rankings at this point have it right. Pittsburgh looks like to me a slightly better team. Looks way different. Mm-hmm. but a uh, slightly better team. Well, and, and coaching, right? We talked about Andy Reid earlier. I, I think in a general sense, coaching gets uh, uh, not enough credit, maybe. For sure. Uh, but Tomlin's a stud, and, and that defense is incredible. So let me yeah. ask you guys then real quick. So in the AFC, we're, we're talking Baltimore, you know, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Kansas City. If you were putting money down, would you bet on, is there any other team in the AFC you could see making it out of the conference, or is it, or is it going to be one of those four teams? Or is there any team you could see, if you, mm. had, if you got incredible odds, and you could, you know, hmm. pick another sleeper team. Is there, is there another team, or do you think it's just those four? Because before the season, it was just Kansas City, Baltimore. I think now people are like, okay, you got to throw Buffalo, Pittsburgh in there. Is there any other team you see? Well, any you, other team? It's still. I mean, early. Tennessee's three and zero, but yeah, yeah, and and that and that those are, that's one of the teams I would point to is is Tennessee, and then you you have to point to New England because their only loss is to Seattle. That's a good point. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and that loss was 35-30. Well, they were at the one-yard line, and had they not drawn up the most predictable play, yeah. they, might have, they, might have, they might be 3-0 right now. Exactly. We'd be, we'd be looking at them completely different yeah. had they beat Seattle. And that's part of just early season. It's, it's that a was kind of It's funny because you walked right into that because that's exactly what I was hoping one of you was going to say because here we go again. New England is playing great defense. Newton looks like the old Newton. He's Belichick's getting the best of him. He looks happy, revived, and 
the Patriots aren't going anywhere. They're two and yeah. one, could be three and zero, oh, and they're looking pretty good. Now they come yeah. to Kansas City on Sunday, but they're a team. Just the freaking Patriots. Here they are again, and yeah, I don't right. think they're going away. And that's coaching, right? That's again, what you were saying. Yeah. That's coaching because losing Brady, and you know, there's the there's a big debate about obviously Brady. It is interesting though to point out Tampa Bay early in the season. I don't know if you remember Broncos fans remember all too well how. Manning came in and they didn't look great right away. It was, I don't remember what week was that San Diego game that they were down 21 at the half and then they came back and won in splendid fashion and then they never looked back. But I would say that, so that definitely, there's room for that with the Bucks. But the truth is, the Bucks have lost handedly to the Saints, but then they've won against Broncos and Carolina. That's not, that's not impressive wins, to be honest. And mm-hmm. the Bucks have upcoming schedule that will really prove you know what they're made of but even 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 some of these games like they play the bears and the packers next but there's some easy ones in here too with with the giants but so anyway just that contrast of coaching versus players well a lot of people i would say the casual fan was like well brady's in tampa bay so now they'll be good and new england he's gone so they won't be as good but we're currently seeing pretty clearly the opposite that can change but I think Branton and I were talking more about, yeah, well, Brady has awesome weapons, but you can never discount Belichick because we know to value the coaches. Yeah, well, it's, it's wild. I, I would agree with you that Patriots are kind of on that sneaky list. I mean, they lost some people to opting out, some key players on the defensive side of the ball, and they're still in it and they're still doing it. I, I think the only other team that kind of comes to mind as an honorable mention, maybe, would be the Colts. Yeah, I'm looking here, and it looks like they've only given up 45 points through three games. So that's, oh, that's the, lo- the lowest in the league for giving up. Their defense has obviously improved. Uh, they got one of the best offensive lines in the game. I love that Jonathan line Malls. People, oh, they're mm. huge. And Jonathan Taylor is, is a stud. He's going to come into his own this season, I think. So the really the question for the Colts boils down to Philip Rivers. Does yeah. he still have it? Or is he kind of a noodle arm? Or is, does he have the leadership? Uh, does he have... I think he just turned 53 this last week. <laughs> yeah, but he's still getting <laughs> and it done. He, and he had a 17th child. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah he did with 19 with his 19th woman. Yeah, yeah. No, he. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy because he's the Colts. They're interesting. That division, you know, take Tennessee out of it, Houston, Jacksonville. Yeah, I could see them winning that division, and they're a team because of their style of play. Even like you mentioned, their offensive line, they maul you. That weather gets nasty out. It gets cold. I, they came at Arrowhead last year. Now Mahomes was hobbled, but the Chiefs are four and zero. Was a Sunday night game, and they. The Chiefs could not get the Colts off the field. They just mauled, mm, and it wasn't anything right. sexy or fancy. They just mauled ran right. right up and down the field through the tackles. And so um, they're a team that I think with their style come playoff. Because yeah. you hear the saying, their team's built for the playoffs. Yeah, the Colts are a team that is built for the playoffs. They have mm-hmm. a good defense. And they can run the crap out of the ball, and they have one of the okay. best lines in football. So that's an interesting. I like that sleep. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Pick. Yeah, it is. It's interesting to talk about teams and how they match up because that's essentially a kryptonite for the Chiefs. We're talking about how the Chiefs might be the kryptonite for Baltimore. Kryptonite for the Chiefs would be someone who can just at will continue to run the ball up the middle because that keeps your most gifted player, Mahomes, and your gifted weapons, uh, and Hill, Kelsey, I mean, go down the list, Watkins as well. Uh, it keeps them off the field. So uh, that's pretty interesting. Now, to real quick, good real sleeper. quick, I will say this though. That was good. That was good. So Houston, you know, Deshaun Watson, would you guys agree he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league? I think that Hopkins trade mm-hmm. was one of the worst trades Crazy. I've, I've seen. Crazy. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. I don't know how Bill O'Brien is still there, but yeah, they're 0-3, okay? But I could actually see them turning it around and potentially making a playoff run, and here's why I say this. You know they've lost to, right? You know three teams they've lost to so far? 
I don't know the third. I know they played the Chiefs. They've lost at Kansas City. Yep. They've lost to Baltimore, and they've lost at Pittsburgh. Yeah. So Houston, it's one of those where Tennessee's 3-0, Houston's 0-3. Now, it's hard to argue Tennessee's not the better team. But schedule, you tell me what team in the NFL would play those three games and not be likely 0-3. Yeah. So I could see Houston, if you look at their schedule, which I have, I could actually see them getting back to 500 come like week 7, week 8 maybe, by the midseason point. And I'm being serious. Now, I could be wrong, yeah. but it's hard because they played three of the best teams in football, and they're 0-3, but I could see them kind of creep back to 500 come you know a month or so from now and and see what happens yeah no that's interesting because i was saying how man playing tennessee who was in the afc championship last year and then playing the uh steelers and then playing bucks for broncos i was like oh man that's such a rough schedule and then at some point it dawned on me who houston's first three games were and i said oh that's definitely that's definitely the toughest first three games of yep. anyone's schedule. Yeah. Houston only they're they're to stay healthy. Everybody needs to stay healthy, right? That's always a factor. But giving away Hopkins, David Johnson does not look like he did at his prime by any means. And then their two main weapons on the offensive side of the ball, Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks, both have long injury histories, right? So uh, if they can stay on the field, he's he's got some Cooks is weapons, one but shot over the middle from being you know out with another oh, concussion, yeah. and Fuller is a fly down the left side of the field from pulling his hamstring being out his for hamstring. years. So yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Exactly. they're both so fragile. Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. Now, Broncos on three, Vikings on three, that's no fun. You could be a Falcons fan right now. They are loaded with talent, and they have now, do you guys realize the last couple weeks what they've done in the fourth quarter and the leads they've blown to Dallas and uh, Chicago? Do you realize Mm -hmm. that? Yeah, Now it's rough. You think about them, Atlanta's infamous for blowing a 28-3 Super Bowl lead in the second half to New England, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. But back-to-back weeks now, you would think, you would think you did it one time, and now you've done it again. They have now blown huge leads in the fourth. I have no clue how that coaching staff, I would have fired every single person on the coaching staff, taken away their card membership thing that gets you into the building, like yeah. <laughs> blocked off their parking spots. I have no clue how they're mm. even allowed to still be coaching this team right now. Because losing to Seattle is fine, right? Yes. But, but losing to Dallas and the Bears after having solid leads... I mean, one of those is one thing, but two weeks in a row, especially if you have a, have an MO of doing this in the past, that's pretty rough. And I, I think we should just briefly t- touch on Foles and Trubisky at some point. But yeah, to the point of it's more so having that lead and then letting it go. How do you do that? Yeah, and I think you're right. It probably has to do a fair amount with coaching. I mean, their defense isn't very strong. They're good at gaining yards and throwing the ball downfield, but their offensive line kind of stinks. But, but you're right, giving up the, the big... <laughs> The big leads, that's got to be a lot on coaching, right? But yeah. if you're going back to fantasy, if, if you are if you have Matt Ryan at fantasy... You're happy. You're, you're thrilled. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he's putting up 400 yards a game and, you know... Yeah. I didn't watch the condensed version of the most recent one, so I can't speak to the coaching, but you do have to wonder if management, how they play call. Because, you know, as fans, sometimes we get annoyed because, like, our, our team is winning, so they throttle back to kill the clock. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you could just keep scoring right. like you were before. But <laughs> yeah, right. No, like... you. It's actually, it makes more points are always going to win the game. But the truth is like you, if you can milk 40 seconds on a run versus, you know, milk only uh, four seconds on an incomplete pass, obviously you, you don't want to take that risk. So uh, it would be interesting to assess the Falcons and see was there bad coaching calls. And that's something I don't know off the top of my head. Well, the Broncos, you could say, Hey, we've got injuries in Kansas city, Minnesota. You're like, all right, it's not what we thought it was going to be. We have green Bay, Atlanta, you could be two and one. The Saints are struggling a little bit. They're one yeah. and two. The Panthers aren't very good. Yeah. Tampa's two and one, but they're figuring it out. You as the Falcons could be sitting here at two and one, and now you're in the discussion. I mean, you're right in the thick of things. So yeah. 
that's got to be really disheartening as a Falcons fan. But going yeah. back to Foles and Trubisky, the Falcons have blown two leads back-to-back weeks that are huge. How about the Bears? Week one, they were down, what, 23-6 to in the fourth quarter against the Lions, and Trubisky led them back. And then they were down, what, 26-10 to in the fourth quarter on yeah. Sunday. But it was actually Foles who led them back to, yep. to, to the Foles win. Foles came in. Yeah, Foles is the greatest quarterback that's ever been on the Chiefs roster, but unfortunately, <laughs> they let him go. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's, every Chiefs fan is regretting that right now. Yeah, isn't yeah, that kind right? of crazy, yeah. though, actually? Cause, cause I, and I will be the first to admit I'm so hot and cold on Nick Foles because like he's won a Super Bowl. Was he Super Bowl MVP? He was. He was, okay. and uh, But then, then he stepped into other roles and been, I mean, who, who, where did he go after Philadelphia? It's escaping me right now. Oh, where did he go? Do you guys remember? Shoot. I don't remember off the top of my head. But he's had stints places where he wasn't good. So it's it's pretty fast because he started he started in who's he drafted we, we by? Need those people, Jackson, we need those people that like have the the, the, rail, yeah, like, yeah, the people behind yeah, the hey, scenes that are like throwing stats out to you so you know what you're Hey yeah. Sean, can yeah. you get the stat on that? Hey, people that aren't here, yeah, throw that out to us, please, will you? Where was Foles? Yeah. We got our crack team working on it. <laughs> right. And uh I'm definitely not typing in Nick Foles into my phone right now. Sure. But I feel like Foles is, uh, from my perspective, they've got two backup quarterbacks on Chicago. I, I, I mean, mm-hmm. Trubisky certainly can do some things with his legs, but he's, he just, I don't think he has it between the ears. Where mm-hmm. Foles, I think he probably does have it between the ears, but he doesn't have the physical tools. He, he just seems more like a game manager to me. I, I don't know if he has the, I don't know. Yeah. I, you I, know, I think that's fair. And it's, a, it's the saying that when you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterback. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Good point. But yeah. Beeling, you know, it's interesting you say they have two backup quarterbacks. You know what would have solved their quarterback problem? is ha- Do you know what I'm going to go with this? Uh, Cam Newton? I do. I Cam do. Newton. No, I know. Does somebody, Bears Who fans. they drafted. You passed on Mahomes and, and Watson, Watson, and you moved up to make sure you got Trubisky. You, pa- you passed <laughs> they on were Mahomes in, and Watson. They were already in the top ten. They could have. They passed up on Mahomes and Watson yeah. and moved up to make sure they got Trubisky. Yeah. It's, so you asked for this, Chicago. Yeah, it's your fault. Uh, Philadelphia is this is Nick Foles' career. Philadelphia drafted him. He was there three years. Went to St. Louis. It looks like is that correct? Yeah, that's yeah, right. that's right. Yep, I remember. And that. then Kansas City, and he he played a few games in um he played a few games in in St. Louis, right? And I don't remember. Pretty underwhelming performance, if I remember correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kansas City, he barely got. I think he got some playing Smith, time, but there, barely uh, any. Yeah, one of uh, and then back three, to three, four years ago, Smith missed a game and, and Foles came in and won it for him. But yeah, yeah, yeah. but he took over, and again, it was a talented roster because Alex Smith was was living his best life before Mahomes took over. And then uh, Philadelphia, back to Philadelphia, which is interesting. You don't often see a quarterback go back to the, the same. same team ever, right? Mm-hmm. That's pretty rare. So then Jacksonville. Do you remember? He went 0-4. I thought he was with Jacksonville. Wait, so Jacksonville, is that where he went? That's the team I thought he was with Jacksonville. Is that the team we're trying to figure out where he was? Yep. Yeah, that's where he came from. So, And he was 0-4 in Jacksonville. And he was 4-7 in St. Louis, but it was really rough in Jacksonville. So now... He's back. He's in Chicago, and he has he has technically. I wonder if you're an Eagles. Kind of I wonder if you're an Eagles fan, though. If part of you, because Carson Wentz does not look very good. Hmm. He doesn't look very good. I, he's I, there, injury prone. There might be some Eagle fans, and maybe this is a stretch. But hey, he won you the Super Bowl. Or yeah. he, he was he was MVP. Yeah, he helped you know bring the team to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Wentz gets hurt. Wentz can't figure it out. I don't know. I mean, Foles. I don't know. Right team, yeah, right system. You. He's not bad. I agree. He's a backup quarterback, but. 
you know, could he come in for? Would you mind if he was the Vikings or Broncos backup quarterback right now, though? Well, backup would be fine. Yeah, yeah. Would you take him over Cousins? Is the question oh, though. Gosh. That's that's tougher. I don't want either of them to start for my team. Yeah, I really don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. At this point, I would gladly take him over. Right now, Broncos have Brett Rippon, Jeff Driscoll, and Blake Bortles. Yeah, it's, that's my. That was I was going to say. I'll take full time any of those guys. <laughs> it's yeah. time Fair to enough. go to Blake Bortles. Bortles. Yeah. Well, they were talking. Vic Fangio did say that they will not throw him at this point. They've said they're not going to so, throw him into the fire on Thursday so, night. So it'll probably be Brett Rippon, who Brett Rippon did go seven for seven, but then threw an interception. So so, so here's a funny thing about Bortles. So there's a, uh, oh man, I wish I had the clip up. Again, we don't have anybody. Hey, can you bring the clip yeah, up Sean, for us? Can yeah, Sean, you bring, pull that yeah, up for us, I wish Sean. somebody could bring it, because I'd love you guys to see it. So me explaining yeah. it won't be nearly as funny. But Bortles, he was, a couple years ago, he was on, it's like, not cribs or something, but barstool sports. Something yeah, where yeah. a girl went to his house and was interviewing him, and they, she asked him, and it, it's just so great because I'm like, oh man, this guy is a such a bro. She asked him, so if you weren't playing in the NFL right now, what would you be doing? And his response was, working construction, ripping cigs. That was his genuine ripping cigs, rip, ripping like, cigs, like smoking cigs. All and day. her reaction, her Seriously? response was, yeah. her response was, and he wasn't, he didn't laugh after. No, he no, just he was being serious. She said, if no, he he, he, he was like. Work instruction, ripping cigs. Yeah. And she, you could tell she was like, you are a douchebag. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. 100%. So yeah. I'm actually, I'm I'm pulling for him to start because that answer to the question for me is like, all right, yeah. he at least deserves it. A couple yeah. snaps and yeah, give him, give him some, Give him another shot. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. you on live TV say ripping cigs, I mean, come on. Like, yeah, that's, right. yeah, come that's on. something. Uh, Adam, th- we're talking a lot about QBs. You had some questions, some thoughts on franchise QBs, which we all thought were interesting. And what I had shared... When we started talking about franchise QBs, you know, obviously people are upset with the with the way the Broncos season, and so people are throwing dirt at everyone. You know, mm-hmm. every, who do we blame? As opposed to just being like, well, maybe the team's just really injury plagued and not that good right now. Maybe it's as simple as that. But no, we got to blame someone. So the big thing was, man, like, how come they can't just get a franchise quarterback? But then someone pointed out most teams struggle for a long time, and I, I said to Branton, I mean, the Chiefs struggled for like 50 years to really get a franchise quarterback, so they don't grow on trees, So, so which leads perfectly into what you're sharing about how important the franchise quarterback is. Well, yeah, no, I agree, and, and that's, well, just like you were speaking to Trubisky, right? It, I think coming out of college, so many of these college quarterbacks look amazing. I uh, was a kid for Denver. He's a speaker now. Um, Tebow? Tebow. Oh, yeah. Tebow's a great example. Trubisky's a great example. How many how many quarterbacks get drafted in the first round? You got the high hopes. Yep. And it's like a 50-50 shot. And, yep. and and these people are, you know, their job is to analyze these quarterbacks in college and figure out who's going to lead our team. And they're wrong all the time. They're the wrong the all people the time. that do this for a living are wrong all the time. So yeah. so it's, it's yeah. But, but you know, thinking about Patrick Mahomes and his 10-year contract, I mean, you know, what is what is a franchise quarterback? So I was thinking about that yesterday, like, in my life as a Vikings fan, I've been alive for 40 years. The only one that comes to mind is Dante Culpepper. You're only, mm-hmm. you're only 40? I'm 40. I'm only 40. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> in, 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 the, in the history of football, that's not very far. Yeah. And, and there were, you know, Fran Tarkenton, Tommy Kramer. I remember those names growing up. I, you know, see jerseys and things. But, but for, for being a fan for essentially 40 years... Dante Culpepper is the only person I can think of as a franchise quarterback. And I think of a franchise quarterback as somebody who's got, you know, four or five year stint or longer with a team and they're reliable. They're the person that you want in those clutch situations. Yeah. So so what is it like, you know, to have a ten year contract with a quarterback that you know will be a leader barring injury or something crazy for a long time? That's gotta feel comfortable. Well, I'll start off by saying it does not suck. <laughs> um so, you know, I've been watching the Chiefs since I was about seven, like religiously die hard, knowing players, knowing stats, everything. And, you know, you think of Trent Green, you think of Alex Smith, 
but date back to Lynn Dawson in the 60s and early, early 70s, right? Mm-hmm. When they won their first Super Bowl, made two of the first four Super Bowls. And they've been searching for ever, right? 50 years, really, you know, 48, 47, 40 years till they drafted Mahomes and they moved yeah. up to get him. It's incredible because as a Broncos fan, you've seen Elway and then they got Manning, you know, a little bit later. Yeah. Packers have gone from, I mean, this is ridiculous. You go from Rodgers to, or I'm sorry, from Favre to Rodgers. Yeah. They're just spoiled as can be. And and I, I'm not anti-Green Bay by any means, yeah. but I am can't wait for Rodgers to retire. And the Packer fans are like, oh crap, this is what it's like. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is what it's like. Because they'll, they'll get a dose of reality because they're not, this is not going to happen to them again. Yeah. You don't think Jordan, gonna, Jordan Love's not the no, answer? No, yeah. they're not going to, I don't know if he is. I'm just saying like, there's no way Green Bay is going to get a third straight quarterback of 15 years of excellence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, the Colts obviously with Manning and Luck, but yeah. It's incredible because it changes the way you can draft. It changes the way you can structure your roster. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Mahomes makes everybody around him better, right? Mm-hmm. And and the coaches, he has a skill set that they can use. Now, he got drafted in probably the best situation possible, Yeah. right, with the weapons around him. Because you got to think, the Chiefs had the 28th pick. They moved up to get him. So he was in the top 10. But when you're in the top 10, you're usually getting drafted to a bad team. Yeah. He was in the he top 10 because the Chiefs moved up. So he got drafted to a playoff team. That's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That, so so he was put huh. in a position to excel. Now, his skill set is ridiculous. He's better than anybody thought he was going to be, right? So you can you could be a Chiefs hater, have people say, well, but he has Hill, he has Kelsey. Well, Alex Smith had those same guys for about five years, and they couldn't make it out of the second round. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. I agree. It doesn't hurt to have those guys. I'm not. A, I'm not a fool. It helps to have those yeah. guys. And they but were still winning. But you game, watch him records. play, and his skill set is just ridiculous. No. What he can do. Yeah. But it's awesome because it gives you stability, right? But he, it's you know Manning, Favre, Rogers, Brady. Just start naming some of the best. And I'm not saying he's one of the best all the time. He's played three years, but you have those guys. You can structure your roster, but you can have turnover too. I mean, with those quarterbacks, they didn't keep the same roster every year. But they're so good. They're some of the best in the game that turnover, 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 and they're still in it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They still have a chance to compete because they're the best in the league. So I think the Chiefs have put themselves in a position for the next 10 to 12 years. And maybe this year and next will be the best Chiefs team he ever has. But I think because of him and his skill set and because he's one of the best in the league, they are going to, for the next 10, 12 years, be able to implement pieces, lose guys, bring guys in, and still be competitive because of how good he is. Because franchise quarterback to me is you make everybody around you better and of course, if you put talent like they put around him, it's just going to make you that much scarier. Yeah. But I just feel like you could get a guy off the street, throw him in, and he could probably look okay. That to me is what a franchise quarterback is, in my opinion, in a short kind of answer. Yeah, yeah I think we talked about this a bunch. Mahomes signing, I'm, I'm going to play both sides on this. Mahomes signing the contract he signed, obviously you want that. The silver lining for Broncos fans is, or for division rivals or anyone that's rooting against the Chiefs, I would say the silver lining is, well, now you're paying, I think he was two to three million in his rookie contract per year. Now you're going to be paying him an average of, what is the average per year? 45 million per year? Yeah, I mean, so that's four fifty million per year. Close to 50, yeah. Close to 50 year. But here's the thing that they did that is pretty interesting for right now. And honestly, I mean, that's how, that's how, you, that's how you play in this league. It's about this year. He's only eight million against their cap this year. Next year, I think he's eighteen or twenty somewhere in there. So those—that's actually not a dramatic change. That means this year, like one maybe player you wouldn't really notice. Next year, it's maybe a couple or maybe one, but it's like not much. Now, obviously, down the road that might look different, but but nonetheless, it's structured in an interesting way. That, like you said, and you never know. You don't. It's hard to look five years out. 
but he could have his best. This could be the best window, and not to say they wouldn't always be very competitive and even Super Bowl contenders many of the years when he's quarterback. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you inevitably have down years because of injuries or because of this, because of that. That'll certainly happen, right? But, like, you can definitely see, just looking at the, the information you have, how, ooh, this year and next year is kind of this still this sweet spot. And he had that last year and the year before as well. Yeah. Playing the other side of that, I read an article on 538 pointing out that the premium we pay, like basically quarterbacks are in a linear payment system. So like, like who's someone that's making 20 million right now? Like Tyrod Taylor, right? Isn't he making like 20 million a year? I don't know if he's, uh, Derek, is he not Carr, quite I Derek Carr, Derek Carr is. Okay, I think Derek Carr is. Derek Carr money. Derek yeah. Carr okay. does. Derek Carr, like you could say that Mahomes to Derek Carr, that 20 million, that's kind of a linear situation, right? But it shouldn't be linear. It should be, this is, I'm getting too techy here, but it should be logarithmic. Logarithmic? I hope I'm saying that right. What the hell does that mean? It means <laughs> that at the top, Mahomes should be getting way more. Mahomes, Rogers, um, who, who are the biggest names right now? Mahomes and Rogers are the first two that come to mind. Yeah, Jackson, Wilson, Wilson. Wilson. And even Jackson. Those top five quarterbacks shouldn't be making like flatline a little bit more. They should be making way more mm -hmm. because there's, it's a premium You're saying to kind have of like that just talent. jump right to it. Yeah, it should yeah. be. It should be. It, well, why well, I'm saying that instead of like if one side of you goes 450 million, that's a lot of money. But at the same time, we have done this all wrong in the NFL, where really those b absolute best ones, just based on value, because you can't find. There's only five top five quarterbacks. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So, yeah. so the value of everything below that. It's kind of, it should all be more muddled. Oh, it seems like a really good investment the Chiefs made, right? I mean, it is an unprecedented 10-year contract, but uh, it seems like a great investment in the future, right? I think kind of to, to what you were saying. And in three or five years from now, we're going to see quarterbacks surpassing him on an annual basis probably, but they've got him locked up for a long time, so. Well, and actually, so real quick, I have read, heard some people that, you know, break contracts down and know this stuff and, and analysts and things like that, well-respected NFL people saying, that it's actually a team-friendly contract in a way. Like, he could have gotten a lot more money, but it's the way they structured it. I've read a few places, heard a few people say it was actually kind of a team-friendly deal, which you're like, okay, half a billion dollars, mm -hmm. how is that even possible? But then some of the ins and outs of the contract allowed them to be able to sign some of the guys and, and be able to be set for the next couple of years. I guess here's the deal. Some of these contracts are ridiculous, right? I mean, you've got quarterbacks that have... I mean, Derek Carr hasn't won a playoff game, right? And he's making... 20-something million. I mean, Cousins, I don't Cousins. think he'd won a playoff game until last year, but he had had the first guaranteed contract ever, right? So these guys are getting crazy amounts without the without the your resume to show it. I think when you take a team that hadn't won the Super Bowl in 50 years, you come in, you win MVP, you win Super Bowl MVP, you're 24 years old, now he's 25. Yeah. I think they had to do it. Yeah. I think you just had to do it. Yeah, you know? there's there's no scenario where you don't don't sign that QB. And I think I think the general consensus of the team friendly element of that is really the early part of the contract. Because like at, when he's getting sixty million a year, he's getting paid what he's worth, and and that's fine. Because would you not pay for what something's worth? That's what it's worth. So it makes sense. But I think the real sweet spot, the most team friendly element, is how he's only it's under ten million this year. Like that's kind of a crazy. And so I think what that can create, and it, it all depends on how they use it, of course, but like that can create more of a transition versus we paid him under 5 million, under 4 million, under 3 million, I think last year. And now this year we have to pay him. If they had averaged it out, it would have been just 45 million. That's a big change. That's a $41 million change. I think that's harder for a team to adapt to. So if nothing else, if you're just looking at this logically, you're creating a situation where at least you get to kind of 
you get some time to adapt to this bigger contract. And it is backloaded, but I think you might... I could see how someone would say, I'd rather have this buffer time and pay a premium later than now. Like, that makes a I mean, lot of sense It makes to me. sense. Right, right now, they can, they can afford to continue to keep uh, weapons around yeah. him and, and defensive players around him. And then in the future, they're going to have to adjust. They're going to have to have some players show up for less money and, and produce with less. And, yeah. that's, and that's where I'm hoping that being one of the best in the game and having all this turnover helps them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I would think if you're a skill position player... I would think you would love to come play with Mahomes. So I'm hoping that factor factors in as well. If you're a wide receiver, a tight end, a running back, yeah. I want to come play in Kansas City with this guy. You, yep. You've yep. seen it in the NBA with LeBron. Yep. You've seen it toward the end of Manning's career. You know, guys guys follow. Yeah. So here's a question I have for you guys then. So over under on, since we're talking about Mahomes and his contract and, mm-hmm. and the window for the Chiefs, would you, if you had to bet, and I don't, you don't need to tell me how much money you have. I don't, I don't need to know that. But all the money have you have right now. Yeah. yeah, all the money you have right now in your pockets. <laughs> no. Would you guys, I'm asking each, each yeah. this question individually, one and a half Super Bowls, over or under one and a half Super Bowls for the rest of Mahomes' career? Oh, the rest of his career. I, th- I thought you were going to say in this one. Uh, so, 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 but, but I mean, it's, you know, you've seen no teams repeated in 16 years since New England. They're trying to do, Manning, Manning only won two. Uh, Rodgers has only won one. I mean, you're talking about Breeze's won yeah. one. I mean, so one and a half, you can bet every, you can basically bet your life savings over under one and a half Super Bowls the rest of his career. It's so easy right now to go, ooh, they could win seven, right? Just because you just watched them last night specifically. Well, according to Tyreek Hill and Chris Jones, they're going to win about seven. So. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what they say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you can see, I can see how you can get on that because it's right now. What just happened? They just beat mm-hmm. Baltimore. Boy. And they just won the Super Bowl last year. So my gut tell, like my just, if I don't think about it, I go, man, they could win a lot, you think. But then you think about what you said about Rodgers and Manning and, you know, all these, Manning won two Super Bowls, two different teams over his illustrious career, right? Brady is the outlier. And anytime you're doing, you know, research and looking at numbers and stuff, you do have to remove the outliers because they throw off the whole thing. Because like what Brady's done is just like, well, that... No one's going to do that again, probably. Could the Chiefs maybe do that? Maybe. They're the most likely at this point to be able to do something like that in the circumstance they're in. But if they fall short of that, I wouldn't be disappointed because that's that's way too high of a uh, standard to meet. So be, beyond... Answer the damn question. Beyond that, <laughs> yeah. Beyond that, you've got... Who, who, are, who are the QBs within the last 10, 20 years that have the most Super Bowl wins? Well, well Brady, obviously. Besides Brady. Throwing uh, out the outlier. Eli. Oh yeah, Eli's he has two. two. Bra- Manning has two. Okay. Um, Does Rogers have two or one? Rogers has one. One. Breeze has one. Mm. God, there's got to be somebody in there that's it's one. Crazy. That's a great question. It's a good, it's a good point, crazy? though. And we have no, we have nothing in front of us. We have no stats, guys. This is yeah. good. Hold on. They hold left on. for lunch. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They're they're not getting paid. We're not paying for that, though, right? Yeah. No. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, Brady Manning. Yeah. How many quarterbacks have won multiple? Big Ben's won two. Big Ben's yep. got two. Big Ben's yep. got two. So that's where it's hard because you're saying over under basically he has to surpass all those, right? Because yeah, he's already got the one. He's now, got he, the need, one. he needs he two needs more. Two. That's what I'm. He would that, need but two that's, more. that's what I'm saying. So one and a half. Are, you're you're better. Your one, life savings. One's easier. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah, one's easier. You you could see how even this year they're still hot. They just won less. Man, they could they could win again this year. But of course, playoffs. We talk about how playoffs are fluky. You just don't know what's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Like the best team doesn't always make it. They right. weren't the. They didn't have the best record last year, but they got hot at the end of the season at the right time, carried that through the playoffs. Man, that's hard. I, I'm I'm not intentionally not answering the question. Are you taking I the over or the under? I'm not confident huh? in anything. I'm not confident on either side of that. So so don't so don't bet the life savings, uh, nothing on the line over or under one point five. Um when you're so in a tough get to spot because you're so, a Broncos fan. So they have to get to th- they have to win three. Three. They gotta win two more under two under more, yep. 
So Mahomes will end his career with at least three championships. So do you bet your life savings on that? Not just because I'm a Broncos fan, only because of the other quarterbacks we listed. I would say no. But two two Super Bowls, I would bet a lot of money on that that he could he will get us. He'll at least get one more because that's the crazy thing. Like it doesn't matter how good they I, are for so long it, to win that you know, final you know game. An interesting is a big part deal. that would have been. I want to hear your response, Adam. Yeah. An interesting part have been over under them winning one in the next two years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I would. I would. I would take right? that bet first. I would rather see, take that bet. I, would rather, I, you know, I, agree. That I bet. thought about yeah. that question, but I want to make it a little trickier. Yeah, yeah. Because I think, now injuries, a lot of things happen, but I think the Chiefs are set up. I would be surprised, well, not, I mean, surprised. I, it would be crushing, and I'd be like, oh man, that sucks if they don't win one the next two years. But Cal, I mean, it's not It's not easy. Obviously, it's, no. history shows that. And some of the best, Ever. I mean, just don't win many championships. Yeah. I mean, but Adam, to you, Life savings, yeah. one and a half Super Bowls from here on out. You know, talking this through, I've kind of gone back and forth <laughs> on, on the answer in the last yeah. two minutes. Uh, but but a big part of me, the, the analytical stats part of my brain says it's not going to happen because of what Jordan was just saying. You get in the playoffs, all it takes is one loss. It doesn't take long. It, you know, there's 32 teams in the NFL. So so for one team to do it three or five times in a 10-year span is pretty ridiculous. But I am going to take the over. I'm going to say I'm going to say two or more uh, just because it seems like, you know, winning is is habitual. The Patriots did it and it very much feels like a dynasty. So so I'm going to go two or more. Well, if this wasn't awkward, I would kiss you right now. Jordan, you've been replaced you as a co-host. Leave, yeah. You can now, your mic <laughs> right, will be How do I shut oh. your mic off? How do I do this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's, no, again, I wanted to ask that because it is tricky because your first response, even as a Chiefs fan, is to be like, well, yeah. But you go back, you know, through history. Historically, wow. It is not an easy thing no. to do. I mean, Peyton Manning, for everything he's done, now he made four, and he, it was, what's more impressive is he won one with two different teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you're looking back, you're like, he now to say only, that, that's how high the yeah. bar was set. Yeah. But two Super Bowls, that's yeah. it? Yeah. His brother in two crazy, miraculous playoff runs won as many as... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's no comparison to the you know, quarterback. Rodgers went to one early on, hasn't been back. Breeze went to one, hasn't crazy. been back. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Dan Marino went his second year, never went back. Yep. Right? And he took yep. the league by storm. So that's why I think as a Chiefs fan, I want to enjoy this ride. I'm so thrilled they did it last year. I want to yep. enjoy this ride because... I mean, even me betting my life savings, it would be, I would definitely bet one more, but it, it would be, there's so many variables that factor in yeah. to can, winning three Super Bowls as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, Terry Bradshaw's done it. Joe Montana's done it. Troy Aikman's <laughs> done it. Tom Brady's done well, it. I and mean, that's why sh- Bradshaw is the best quarterback of all <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so are you doing, are you taking the over or the under? Are you guys Brent, asking me? Brent, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Asked, I asked the question. Two and a half. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they have to win three. Oh, man, they have to win three. Well, I'm, to so win. here's the deal. Here's the deal. It's fun to bet on your team, No, here's the deal, though. Here's the deal, though. So. I don't have a lot of money. I borrow from my wife. You yeah. know, so you know, do the <laughs> dishes and do the laundry. Yeah, no. Yeah. So my weekly allowance. Um, so here's the thing. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to give them one for these next two years. I'm gonna, I think they're going to win one this year or next, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give them one there. And then we have 10 more years of Mahomes because technically he had two years left on his contract. So it's a 12-year contract essentially because he had two years left. So he'll be in Kansas City 12 more years. Okay, so I'm going to give him one these next two years. And I find it hard to believe that in a 10-year period after these next two years, Mahomes does not find another one. I'm going to go over. Am I being a little biased? Maybe. But I'm also trying to think this through. One in the next two years, and I'll give him at least one in his next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Because I think he's actually only getting better as a quarterback. And you know what's interesting? He said, I don't know if you saw the interview before the season, where he said he just started learning how to read defenses toward the end of last year. That's, if that's a true statement, that's yeah. a scary thought. <laughs> right. You know no, what I mean? No doubt. No doubt. Real quick, I just want to bring up this stat because I thought it was interesting. So congratulations, Cleveland Browns, because for the first time since 2014, 
you are above 500. Yep. So they've had 500. Anybody Gol- never golf clap for that at all? Or no? <laughs> no, 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 okay. no. All right. No, all right. no Browns right. fans here. All right. <laughs> all right. Something that bothers me, and I just want to get off my chest real quick. In professional sports, so the Bengals and Eagles tied this weekend. It drives yep. me crazy. I just think in pro sports, you should not be allowed to tie. Finish the game until somebody wins. So, I mean, neither team is good, but that, that drives me absolutely crazy that there's a tie in the NFL. I, I can't stand at, that. But. At this point, we have reasonable solutions that could be implemented to keep a tie from happening. And so it seems odd that we haven't Just put Burrow done that. and Wentz in the end zone and see who can throw it the furthest. Yeah. Do yeah. something. If, sure. if, just if do nothing something. Else, <laughs> if nothing else, anything. I mean, what's, what's college? College ball is both get four downs. No, you get the ball at the, the 25. Yeah, and the then 25. the third so, overtime, I believe, you have to go for two, right? Like yep. if you score, So they make it more challenging. I don't know why the NFL hasn't just gone to college. Yeah. You know, real years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, I just want to get that off my no, yeah. I want to get that off my chest because that really bothers me. I, yeah. att- I attended a Vikings game in Lambeau Field a couple years ago, and and it was a tie. Oh, and like half right. what a weird feeling. Ha- yeah, half the stands, like the game ended, and everyone's like, "What happened? I yeah. don't know what happened." <laughs> yeah. You know, like like a lot of people didn't even realize that was a rule that you could tie. So at that unfamiliar time. And, with yeah, that territory. It, it yeah. was weird. There was really no nothing, so nothing I, to I th- celebrate. I thought for, but I thought the league had changed that to where you weren't allowed to tie. Now, I know, but then there's a part of me that was like, well, maybe the league office called down and said, "Listen." These teams suck. Just don't continue this game anymore. Yep. We don't want them playing anymore. Just yep. stop the game. So maybe yep. the rule is there's not supposed to be a tie, but because these teams are so bad, they were like, you know what? We're just going to end this game right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Their game tying is fine, but most teams, let's not allow it. Yeah. So, so Adam, first time guest on the show. I plan to have you back many more times. But so, you know, we talked about, you know, the Vikings being on three and not looking very good right now, kind of gloom and doom in Minnesota. But I would like to real quick, the Twins... You know, play tonight. The playoffs start tonight in baseball, so that's got to be exciting to have. You know, the Vikings are a little down, but mm. the Twins. I mean, listen, October baseball. The Royals, being a Royals fan, they've you know sucked most of my life. But back in fourteen fifteen, they made back to back World Series and they won it in fifteen. Now that will hold. I will that will carry over as a Royals fan for years and years to come. So I'm still on a high from that World Series victory. But as a Twins fan, you get to watch your team now in October baseball, which is actually pretty incredible when your team's in it. Right. I mean, are you pretty excited about that? Uh, yeah. Honestly, Brandon, I'm not much of a baseball fan. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm sorry. All that leaded to that. I think yeah. I could name two or three players on our team. <laughs> I remember the 87 Twins, you know, Kirby oh. Puckett and Dan Gladden, but but I don't follow it too very closely anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to I tried to pump that up, man. I tried to lead that in. <laughs> Damn it. Well, let me let me, let me me ask you one, one or two quick questions. Sure. The first one, this will be quick. Uh, you're a Chiefs fan. I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, you mentioned earlier in the podcast, Len Dawson. He's one of three quarterbacks who started a game for the Chiefs who are currently in the Hall of Fame. Mm. Is this an easy question for you? Can you name the other two quarterbacks outside of Len Dawson? There are three Chiefs quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame? Three quarterbacks that started at least one game with the Chiefs that are in the Hall of Fame. You you got the other one easy. Oh, wait a second. So so they played elsewhere as well. And and with both of them, the Chiefs was not their dominant. There's one that's real obvious. Hold on, though. Hold on, though. Hold on, though. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, come on now. Joe Montana. Yeah. Joe Montana. Joe Montana. Yep, Yep. Okay, hold on. There's one more quarterback? Yep. Yep. Apparently he started a game. I don't I don't remember this guy ever starting a game for the Chiefs, but apparently he started at least so one game. So you know this guy Montana. for sure, but I don't remember him starting either for the Chiefs. Okay, ever. can you Okay, I, don't give me a, a big clue. Is there anything you can give me? It's not don't He was a quarterback. He played okay. for the Vikings for a bit too, right? <laughs> he was a quarterback. He? he was a quarterback. I think oh, I think he did play for the, Wait, wait. Did he play for the Vikings? He was more than 5 foot tall. Was it Okay, here's a he question. Did, he did play for the I'm Vikings 39. as well. In my lifetime, was he a quarterback for the yes. Chiefs? In your lifetime, he was a quarterback. Is when you and I were growing up, he played for the Vikings for a while. 
and that's more memorable. But apparently, so you, you could have seen the game. According to my Google search, this guy also Hall of uh, Fame. They wouldn't Hall, be Rich Gannon. I don't Hall think he. Nope. You're saying Hall of Fame. Hall, he was. He's in the Hall of Fame now. He started. He's definitely at least one not game. known for the Chiefs, though. That's what's hard. He's known. That's for, a good question. I mean, Joe Montana won. Okay, let's give him that clue. The Oilers, right? I think yeah. the Oilers. Oh, was come his on main now. Team. Come on now. Huh? Warren Moon, baby. There it is. There, there it is. Okay, okay. When did he play for the Chiefs? I don't remember. Oh, that. when they were horrible. Like, uh, uh, this would have been what late two thousands or uh, two thousand seven to two thousand twelve somewhere in there. Interesting. Okay, when I the Chiefs were like that. four and twelve, two and fourteen, two and yep. fourteen. Warren yep. Moon. Yo, he did was, he start many games? Uh, no. But the Chiefs were horrible, and he was like sixty six. Yeah. Honestly, no. <laughs> yeah. But that was a great trivia question because, yeah. dang it, yep. I should have known that one. Stumped you. All right. Yeah. Man, I but, don't like being stumped on my own team on my own show. So, so last night, obviously. Chiefs Ravens was a monster game. It was yeah. huge. It was fun. It was the one that you circled when the schedules came out. Yeah. Uh, but there was another football game that happened last night. And I know you're a humble guy, Brant, but share with us the story of, of the football game that you participated in right before the kickoff last mm-hmm. night. So my son, who's six years old, and he's in kindergarten because he turned six in July, he is playing football on a flag football team, first and second graders. So he's, you know, technically not supposed to be playing wink, wink, but he's six years old. So we signed him up anyway coaching his team, helping coach his team, and we use a high school college size ball, so we play quarterback for them on offense. And game is tied at 12. Now, this is their second game. He had a touchdown last week. They won. Quick question. Do they allow ties in this league? <laughs> they do. They do. <laughs> we petition this? What? They do because, I'll, let me tell you why. Yeah. So, 12 to 12, it's a running clock, and we have the ball at the 20-yard line. And we hear the announcement, final play, this will be the last play of the game. I'm like, well, we got to go in the end zone. And so... Mm. You know, they all, you know, these are six, seven, eight-year-olds, so they just all cluster in one spot. So they yeah. go into the end zone, and they're all just, yeah, you know, right by each other. And I got to get the ball off, and so if we don't if we don't catch it, it's a tie. If we do, we win. I threw it to Camden. He catches it on the goal line, gets drilled by three guys, mm. has a mark on his face, falls down, holds the ball. The ref comes over, arms up. Or mm. The coach comes over, arms up, touchdown. We mm-hmm. win on the last play of the game. Now, wow. for me... That was incredible because, you know, it just being able to coach him, being the one that threw it to him. Was I looking for him in the end zone? Yeah, you could maybe say that. <laughs> yeah. You could maybe say I held the ball a little bit longer to see if I could get it to him. But then yeah. I realized they're all clustered in the same spot. I just yeah. got to throw it. He caught the ball, game-winning touchdown, and it was an incredible thing. Yeah. He was excited. I was excited. But, Beeling, I have to credit. So we play football in your backyard all the time. Your son, Lennon, mm-hmm. he's nine, right? Yep. So... We go back there. We try to play once a week at their house. And Camden, that's his favorite thing to do. It's the only thing that he'll do. If 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 I tell him, hey, we're going to play football with the Beatlings, mm-hmm. he all of a sudden yeah. listens really well. Yeah. Because if I say, hey, if you don't <laughs> listen to me or you don't do these things, we're going to take football with you. All of a sudden, he's the best behaved child ever. Yeah, right. But I have to credit playing in the Beatlings backyard with your son and some of the neighborhood there kids for helping him. Because listen, there are some of these 78-year-old kids that they don't really know what's going on. And they should at that age. I didn't play football until junior high. But Camden... He listens, he knows the routes, he knows what he's supposed to do, but it's yeah. because we play in the backyard. Yeah. So credit to uh, credit to wow. you guys for, for that. And shout out to Lennon for helping make Camden a better football player. Mm. Well, well, he appreciates that and I appreciate that. But I, I just got to imagine for you, watching Lennon's games, all of his sports games, when your son's on the field and he makes a play, if you pick up a grounder and toss it to first, you get kind of yeah. goosebumps, you get excited, oh, yeah. that's my boy. Yeah. But what you got to experience last night, I imagine the goosebumps were high and mm. that you were feeling awfully good about it. It was pretty but. cool. And you know what? Going back to, you know, like, so for example, playing sports my entire life, you know, football and basketball in high school and junior high as well, but like in high school, more competitive level. You know, my mom, 
was such a huge fan. Always came to the games early. Was always mm-hmm. there when we were warming up. It was always embarrassing yep. for me. I'd be like, Mom, can you just not show up during warm-ups and just wait till the game starts? And she would be the loudest one there. And I'd be like, Mom, can you just not be so loud? You're embarrassing me. I now know the joy that she had watching because there's nothing better than watching your children succeed oh, at yeah. something. So, so it was fun. a it was it was it was a super cool moment. And then we get to come home and then watch the Chiefs game. So it was a pretty great great night altogether. Pretty good day. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Was well, there anything else you got? Any other thoughts? Any other questions? Any thoughts heading into next week? Anything you want to end with? Yeah, it's really it's going to be really exciting to watch the Broncos go thirteen and zero. Hey, why are you laughing? <laughs> so real quick, we'll, we'll we'll wrap this up here. Did I you wanna, say the name of that quarterback was? Yeah, I don't know. I want to ask. I want to ask beads, but you know the NFL is like we have the Jets Broncos on Thursday. They were and not I, expecting it. They they probably already were like, well, but man, yeah, that's. Arguably two of the roughest-looking teams right now. It might so be a lower. Yeah, but the Jets really have no excuses, though. Oh, for sure. For right? sure. That's, that's Adam, if, the Bron- if the Jets lose, Adam Gase will be gone on Friday morning. I would hope so. Feeling anything you want to end with or anything? any thoughts moving forward? Or? No, that's it. I appreciate you having me on today. Honored to be with you guys. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah. No, it's been a lot of fun. It was great. I appreciate having you guys on and uh, look forward to having you guys back.